Hey beautiful people, I'm Riley, and this is Sex With Everyone. Today I'm chatting with Sarah in Midway, Georgia, in their wicked awesome Airstream. They talk at length about having Dissociative Identity Disorder, or DID, and how their different aspects or modes interplays with their sexuality, sense of self, and relationship with their husband. They also touch on how they're new to kink and polyamory, and what they get out of those new lifestyles, and simply how appropriate it is for them, most especially because they have DID. I apologize in advance, I kind of fucked up the audio when recording and didn't realize it until the interview was already over, um, so please bear with me as I learn the ins and outs of having a podcast, but damn it, it was just too good of a conversation not to share. So please, join me as I chat about sex with Sarah. All right. Well, today I have Sarah joining me. We are hanging out in the beautiful, dreary rain uh, in her airstream. How you doing, Sarah? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me over today. Oh yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the swamp. <laughs> so, as you know, we're talking about all sorts of fun things today. Only fun. Only, only the funnest things. <laughs> um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about how you identify, what your identities are? Or Let's talk about what you want to talk sex about. Things. Yeah, I'll talk about. Um, I'll talk about me. Um, and how I guess. Um, we'll start with DID, hmm. a dissociative identity disorder, which is a trauma uh, triggered response. Um, and sort of a way for people to organize and process information mm-hmm. um, and contextualize things. Um, so I have like five or six different modes, as I call them, um, but they're commonly referred to as alters or personalities mm-hmm. or identity. Um, I have a little mode and um, a very uh, swishy trans boy mode and a uh, like kind of a butch lesbian mode mm-hmm. um, and a very aggressive dom mode who's like a sultry 15 year old <laughs> sultry and very angsty <laughs> she's gonna take it all out on you that's kitty right that's kitty yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's gonna dig her claws on you and I feel like how I am in the world is almost entirely a reflection of all of that that's um, my first alter ego I created when I was four years old mm-hmm. after experiencing um, childhood sexual trauma mm-hmm. Um, trigger warning. That's just, I, I, I should just come with a trigger warning. Um, so at four, I started to develop kind of two modes of operating. And there was like the private personal mode and then who I was in the world. Um, and so I was kind of always felt like I was putting on a show. Um, and I had to be more mature than I really felt and smarter yeah. than I really believed I was. Yeah. Um, and always had my shit together. Um, and it was like the protector mode. 
was born. Um, but then Kitty, who we just mentioned, was created when I was 15. And I was just beginning to explore my sexual um, identities. Mm. Um, I started to realize that at that point I thought I was bisexual, but I knew that there was maybe more to it than that. And I'm just attracted to anybody, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of their physical body. I'm demisexual because I'm attracted to people's personalities. and also because sometimes my libido is on and sometimes my libido is off and it takes an emotional connection to turn it on. Mm. Um, then as I got older, I started exploring my gender more as I started to realize like trans isn't necessarily it doesn't have to be binary um and i definitely fall somewhere between and or outside of the the gender norms um i identify as gender fluid and non-binary um and identify with they their pronouns or fame their neo pronouns, um, which I really love the fae fair pronoun. Um, while it is difficult to conjugate and therefore is, you know, not readily something that most people are going to get comfortable with. Um, for me, my gender is sort of an ethereal, spiritual sort of thing. It is not related to my physical body it's personal Mm -hmm. it's just as personal as my soul or my fingerprint right Mm -hmm. it's like it's essentially me and here i am talking about all of these different identities personalities modes that are different gender so there's no way around me being they them or a spiritual gender, an emotional sort of gender. Um, and so it makes sense that I would be looking for a mirror in the world and a connection in the world, and it comes in all different forms because I see myself in all different forms. And that said, it shapes everything about me, my down to my sexuality, um, being pan, my libido on off some not really usually in between because that's just like a mental connection neurologically sometimes i am as sharp as a whip and i'm quick and and smart and i have my shit together and then most of the time i feel kind of like the nutty professor like i'm brilliant but there's like toilet paper coming out of my shorts or something like (laughs) there's always something very noticeably a little off like totally polished very much together and then does she have spinach in her teeth like i always feel a little bit all over the place which has affected a desire 
to meditate and learn to ground and balance. Um, so I became a yoga instructor certified in 2020. And then around that time, I was starting to get to know this friend group with whom little did I initially know I could be fully myself, like all my parts out loud. Um, and then I started slowly dipping my toes in the water of polyamory and learning that I get to choose. I can say, hey, kitty, come on out. We want to, you know, um, really want to peg this guy tonight. So it's your turn. Or Sasha, there's a little party. So bring your coloring book. Um, and I get to relish in all of my exploration of all of my parts and all of the ways I can be in the world. And I also learned I, I have control over my neurology to some extent. Um, I have a chronic neurological condition also born of trauma and just dealing with so much neurological stress for so long. And being a sub, especially in impact play, has absolutely changed my life. Really? It gives me a chance to take a break, like hang up my brain for a second or put, put it on pause. Mm. Um, subspace is like floating on a cloud for me. And at the same time, it's it sets my mind free because it brings me into my body. Mm. Or maybe the endorphins, like in impact play, replace the sort of agony of pain. And they, they give me a chance to come to peace with it. Like pain is just a part of life and it can be both ways or any number of ways. It can be no big deal. Yeah. It can be the best thing and it can be the worst thing. And maybe ultimately at the end of the day, it's not whether I have pain in my life. It's what am I doing with it and how it, how am I processing it? How am I dealing with it? That's really interesting. You mentioned to me before that it's fibromyalgia mm -hmm. that you um, have. So with kink, it's turning the pain that you already have into a more positive experience filter the relationship you're having with it in that moment right and me, that makes it more tolerable it i gives imagine me control yeah. over it um and probably the most agonizing thing about this this particular condition fibromyalgia is so little understood and has been stigmatized for a very long time so there's just really not a lot of information let alone effective treatments that don't come with a multitude of side effects for most people anyway mm -hmm. and so i felt like my life was derailed when i remembered my childhood trauma 20 years after the fact i recovered all these memories and i was like okay i'm gonna run with this i'm stronger than this i'm a i'm a beast master and then fibro came mm. and it was like okay i can't do any of that my life is over and then kink came up and said hey you can actually use this like you can get back into your body 
And you can turn that relationship you have with your body into something of power, into a place of strength. And also, like, learning to submit to the pain because I have a consensual relationship with the person who's giving it to me, mm. too. It's a, it's a letting go. It's um, beautiful. It's a, it's a physical and mental sort of therapy. And also, because I'm demisexual, pink is a really safe, intimate way for me to, to bond with people mm-hmm. without sex having to be even part of the equation. Yeah. Um, it's like, let's explore each other physically and in the physical body and the physical world. But let's make it about nurturing and connecting mm-hmm. and healing. Yeah, like, and still being able to have that intimacy without it being. I, and I mean, it can be, it can become that because yeah. I'm demi. Like, that's right. an understanding. So I guess my story, my whole life is like a story of relinquishing control, finding new ways to mm. kind of control what I can. Sometimes it feels like a great big serenity prayer, even though I'm not in AA. So, um, with with DID, I know very little about it. Sure, um, it's another very misunderstood, misdiagnosed kind of condition. Yeah. Do you you alluded to being able to call on your a particular mode at will, or is it something that generally like kind of comes over you, or is it a mixture of both? Maybe I would say. And, and how does that relate to your sexuality sure. in any given moment with any given person? Um, so I would say, as a as a general whole, in terms of most people with DID, I mean, DID is a spectrum. Um, a majority of people lose time or memories and they'll figure out, like, something else, some other part of them was in control when that was, you know, that time lapse or memory lapse mm. happened. Um, so dissociative disorder mm. for a reason, like you're just not present in your mind and body. You're just kind of floating around, like almost sleepwalking. However, um, different people and different treatment schools look at it differently. Um, some people look at it like, the objective is to reintegrate all of the personalities into one whole, um, whereas others just look to keep all of the parts of the unit, that person's identities, um, all parts, if they're uh, content and at peace with each other, whether one of them has control more than the others or they're all kind of balanced. For me personally, it's almost like group therapy. Like we're all standing around in a room, all of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at a point with my um, DID in that I see it all as myself. Like I don't see them as ghosts or something external that came into me. I see it as something that I created to help cope with trauma. Um, and I see all of my parts as um, equally important, all having their own strengths and weaknesses. Um, And so since we're all in a room for the most part, I can be like, hey, part of me who is 
more work oriented or like mm-hmm. detail oriented or I don't know, like I have one who's a, a big festival going stoner. So like, <laughs> hey, it's your turn. Um, so I can kind of take turns. Yeah. Sometimes the aforementioned kitty kind of steals the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, all of a sudden I'm in a dream and it's my perspective, but it's also my perspective through this lens. And I don't get to say what Kitty wants or what Kitty, how Kitty interacts in the environment. So she can like become derailed. That is the part of me that's like out of balance. So are you, are you saying like she kind of takes over? Right. And you take like more of a backseat? Right. When you don't necessarily want that to be the case? Right. It's like a hijacking. Yeah. I have found that by letting her get what she wants sometimes, um, she steals the show less often, hmm. which for a long time has been difficult, like a, a struggle, because I've been submissive. I've been beat down by chronic illness. I have been in a relationship with someone who's not really into receiving pain. Um... And so I haven't really had an outlet for her in a lot of ways. Um, but when she gets to play, she, like, comes back to group at the end of it. I can be like, okay, unleash Kitty and go run in the wild and, like, have this scene. And then at the end of the scene, it's all of me again. Mm-hmm. As opposed to all right, where is Kitty? And mm-hmm. then, like, the rest of me just trying to, like, figure out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Am I asleep? Am I awake? Mm-hmm. Um, Am I threatening someone? What is, like, am I going to get myself arrested? Like, this is the bitch who goes out to bars and gets, like, into fisticuffs. Yeah, right. Yeah, she needs a fucking babysitter. <laughs> so, it sounds like kink is another form of balance for you. Right. Yeah. Just like, just like yoga and meditation and breathing. <laughs> Singing and dance, music, mm-hmm. um, kink is just another outlet from all of my parts to express. Like, I need to be able to channel and let all of it out. Otherwise, it builds up inside of me. Um, and things just, like, I just don't feel right mm-hmm. if I don't feel free in expressing all of these different layers of me. Sure. Yeah, I think that's perfectly natural. Yeah. I think we all have that to some extent, yeah. for sure. We all get stifled. Yeah. 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 And you're just able to pinpoint which part of you is getting stifled more specifically. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's like that's what my therapist was saying the other day. Yeah. I was like, "Do you think I have DID?" Yeah. And she was like, well, "I don't know. I just think it's really handy that you have all these nicknames for like the different modes that you get into, so we can be like, oh." Oh no, Kitty. Mm-hmm. Is there someone safe with her mm-hmm. to make sure she's not going to get in a fucking bar brawl? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the second part of my question is uh, was how that relates to your sexuality or when you're being intimate with anybody yeah. or, or yourself. Well, how do you ch- actively choose a specific mode or do you just see 
it, de- it depends. Whatever works for you, yeah. It definitely depends, and it's fluid, just like yeah. the rest of me. But um, sometimes it depends on like how I'm feeling physically. Like a lot of times, Sasha, which is my little, will come out if I'm really tired mm-hmm. or have been dealing with a lot of pain, mm-hmm. um, because I'm feeling vulnerable mm-hmm. and my little just wants to cuddle. Mm-hmm. But other times, parts of me can be triggered. Um, by my partner doing certain things, saying certain things, interacting in certain ways. Like, if you want me to address you, there are definitely ways to bring out pity. Mm-hmm. If you, if you want me to be your bottom, you can call my little stoner boy and, and he will and gladly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, often just like a conversation um it's funny because i think sometimes the memory problems that i have or like the i'll forget a word or i'll like lose track of what i'm saying i think the memory is like i'm receiving all this information from group therapy and i have to translate it for the rest of you guys out here because you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to my room and see how everybody's feeling. Okay, is it cool if we bought into this? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like I'm playing telephone with myself. Oh, that's so interesting. So, plus things get, like, left out sometimes. Yeah. Um, that has a lot to do with, like, Staying on top of my neurological symptoms, making sure I'm getting enough sleep, eating enough, just taking care of all of the basics. Because otherwise, then someone is more likely to get out of balance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all I do is sleep and smoke all day. Mm-hmm. So the balancing is a really big deal for just like normal functioning. And sexuality goes beyond that like i have to be covering all of my bases and then some mm-hmm. um like nurturing my little i'm letting the the kitty run some and then we can you know work around get little danny the deadhead out <laughs> he's very he's like swishy and into letters can you do that like, yeah of course he's very pretty but boy does he like to talk to him. <laughs> And, I mean, the cool thing for me is not only am I new to King and finally beginning to, like, foray into folly, so just talk about it with my partner. It's only been since 2020 that all of these parts of me have had names. And oh, really? That I've, like, really thought about what do you look like? Mm. Like, who would you be if you were a physical being outside of me? Like, Danny is a, a short-headed, a short-haired brunette, short and round. Likes leathers, um, very fuzzy chest, and really likes to write full dead. Weed. I was like, oh, never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, so it's like he's, in essence, he's a 30 something year old, two year old, brand new to me. Mm. Like a second hand car. And it's an identity. Do you, you say 2020, I mean, is that due to, being cooped up because of the pandemic and I think you know all that jazz. Like the pandemic you just... had a major effect on me for the better, because mm-hmm. um, I had been dealing with the impacts of my trauma for about ten years, 
after having repressed that trauma for 20 years. And then in 2020, I finally had, I finally had a lot of time to sit and reflect. I was already doing yoga every day, um, starting in 2019. Um, and then started meditating every day and chanting every day in 2020. Um, and doing what I would consider like a deeper energetic sort of look at myself. Like, okay, where do I feel a lack or weakness? Where do I hold my tired, my pain, my trauma? Um, and as I was sitting with those feelings, getting real new agey, I started having conversations with characters like I had made up mm-hmm. in my own head. And then I realized that I had always had characters that I had made up in my own head. And so I went back to four years old when I was living the trauma the first time. And oh, whoa, there's Sasha, who basically refuses to be called by my name. She wears glasses without the lenses, but still, like, I'm dressing differently. She talks differently. Parts of me take over. So, 2020, I realized Sasha might be an alter ego. I have a name for my limbic system. Kitty. What is that about? And then, like, oh, she has long brown hair. Okay, she's not just my limbic system. Mm -hmm. She has long brown hair. Like, I have an image of a girl in a field in a frilly pink dress. Okay, that's not just my limbic system. I am naming parts of myself. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, I not only realized that, but I was at a place with myself emotionally where I accepted that. And I just was kind of curious. Okay, so if I do that, like, give myself the nickname Phoenix when I'm 25, why? Why am I compartmentalizing these things? Okay, I know about trauma, but like, what's the difference between these parts of me? And are they all just parts of me? Or am I like friggin' possessed? Or was it, I was listening to the devil's music again? Or <laughs> something happened. You mentioned uh, that you and your partner are new to Polly. We are. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about like discovering Polly or, okay. or how that's going for the two of you. Well, yeah. I first learned that it was a thing. Polyamory exists. Um, when I was pretty fresh out of college, maybe 24 years old. Um, and I, I had felt Polly forever. Like my first boyfriend, I was like, listen. Is it wrong for me to think this other guy is cute? And, like, I know I'm young and I'm not going to marry my boyfriend, so is it okay if, like, I date more than one person at a time, even though nobody else does that right now? Um, But then I dated a guy who was 17 years older than me when I was 25. And he had been calling with his second wife, Mm -hmm. with whom he had uh, gotten a divorce recently. Mm -hmm. And I told him that I thought, that applied to me like mm-hmm. that sounds like the feelings that I have had um the thoughts that I've had in previous relationships and it sounded like it would like kind of solve all my problems like I've had trouble with fidelity in the past and like guys being controlling 
or not respecting my boundaries. So polyamory, there you go. But then, after I moved in with him, he decided to date someone else. Which, you know, we're poly. It's fine. Except, like, hi, I'm still here. Um, Please communicate with me that you have feelings for someone else. I mean, that's just my personal boundary, dude. Like, just check in. Uh But no, that was not going to happen. So, um... Ultimately, she ended up moving in with both of us. And um, considering that I was really not okay with him dating her because he wasn't being open with me about, like, interacting with her or liking her or anything else, when she moved in, it caused all kinds of fireworks in my brain. I can imagine. And I moved out very soon thereafter. And to rub salt in the wound... I was also interested in her. She was not interested in me. Mm-hmm. And all of this was going on with her living right next door. Mm-hmm. In my, so it was a very harsh reality for a little while and a very unfair introduction to polyamory. Because mm-hmm. that's not what consent looks like and that's not what openness looks like. I would definitely say it's definitely not fair or accurate of what we believe Polly to be, but I would also say it's not uncommon of a first experience with Polly, unfortunately. It's so sad. Yeah. Very sad. However, that is not all Polly is. And so since before my husband and I got married, we were talking about this idea. Um, I told him about my previous experiences and that, like, while that was a hard time, it wasn't what I thought polyamory was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, you know, I'm a Quaker, uh, religiously, private practicing, and I'm a pacifist, mm-hmm. and I believe in non-ownership and decommodification of goods. And like, hey, I don't own anyone. Yeah. I do not want to control them. Like, I actively don't want. Yeah. I'm averse to the idea of having sway over a person. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could put all of my friends in bubbles for decision making, just like what you, pure, purely you, what do you want? Yeah. Because I want to know you. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, Polly's really good for that. And also, um, Communication can be really hard. Um, so you and your husband have been together for 10? Going on 10 years. Okay. And so you've been talking about it since before you were married. Yes. But you're just now we're stepping just into now, it? Yes. Into Polly? So we've been married for five years. Mm-hmm. And it was last summer that a good friend of mine told me that he had, he'd had a crush on me for a long time. My husband and I had talked about polyamory for a very long time. We were both actively cool with the possibility of that becoming something we pursued. And when my friend told me that, I got all kinds of butterflies, just like head to toe. I love this guy already. And oh my God, for you to be like into me is so awesome. So I went and I told John and just back and forth a little bit. Um, but it, the takeaway from that interaction was 
all optimistic and excited and enthusiastic. So I just went with it. I think it was ultimately easier for me to be the first to date mm-hmm. because there are all of these layers of feelings that I have to process. And it's like there's drama within myself between these different parts, which is just like a party in your head. You can only imagine. <laughs> um, so it gave me a chance dating um, a couple of friends. It gave me a chance to process the feelings of wanting my husband to be free to do the same thing and at the same time being totally terrified having all kinds of trauma responses Mm. wading through anxieties and fears and jealousies and insecurities and finally reaching this point now where i realize that all of those feelings are really healthy to feel to be able to accept that you're having. Mm-hmm. I would say that my psychological and personal journeys have been super long, and I feel like I'm finally arriving at like who I really am and who I want to be beyond this sort of trauma reaction. All of these parts of me are always going to be here, whether it's all just Sarah, or they all have their cute little nicknames, because it, it does help. You know, compartmentalizing yeah. helps describe what the hell's going on. So maybe I will use that. Yeah. But I feel like I'm arriving at myself. And my husband and I are happier and hotter than ever. <laughs> and I always felt like we were lucky to begin with. Like, we're in love. We yeah. fell in love. Like, people don't do that. They just marry out of convenience so that they can have baby daddies or something. Like, we did not. We've always loved each other, and now he's arriving at himself, and I'm arriving at myself, and all of these parts of me are brand spanking new. They've always been there, but like, it's like I'm op- we're opening a-, a door to our life, and I mean, yeah, like all of the fireworks and all of the feel goods. That's wonderful. I know that Polly and Kink are, are both new for you and they've kind of come hand in hand mm-hmm. uh, into your, your lives. Uh, do you find that Polly and Kink are revitalizing aspects of y'all's marriage or, or is it just new and different and interesting? No, I would say both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Polly and Kink, I would say, are like a catalyst mm-hmm. for personal and interpersonal connection and growth. If you really want to know who you are, put yourself in a pressure cooker and like see what comes out. Um, my husband and I have always had a strong foundation, but between the pandemic and Polly and Pink all at the same time, like that is a serious pressure cooker. And our connection is better than ever. Like it's all new because of this new conversation. Mm-hmm. These new conversations of what does Polly mean for us? What are our personal boundaries? There's like this whole world to explore together. Mm-hmm. Kink, what do you even like? Like, could you bottom? Can I peg you? No. I mean, like, these are questions that I feel like a lot of people have rough sex from day one or something, and like, it's all very exciting and color. Like, our, our sex has always been good mm-hmm. because we've always had a good connection. But like, it's just been sex. 
And so we have all, it's like, I really like baked potatoes, but now I have like bacon and now I have chives and I have like all these new <laughs> toppings and yeah. like baked potatoes still a good staple, you know, like I'm still going to eat them even if I only have butter. But now it's like we have all these different shapes that we yeah. can have princess potatoes and lumpy mashed potatoes with the skin on and <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, you can add a lot of different flavor Absolutely. and variation. And, yeah. and both of us being creative type, it's just, it's magic. It's like a it's like a science experiment or something. Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna What are we gonna come up with? Yeah. How fun. Yeah, it really is. It's a brave new world. Do you think Polly is especially good for you because of all of your different modes and being able to date different people for different modes? Is that is that an aspect that you're coming at it with at all, or are any of your modes monogamous? See, I think Kitty might be monogamous. Yeah? And if she's not monogamous, she's definitely, like, she needs to be involved, which is difficult to mitigate with the rest of them. And therefore, I would say, yeah, Polly makes sense with multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm feeling little, I want somebody who can either be little with me or or be my big. Like, I don't want somebody who doesn't want anything to do with that kind of play. So, I don't know. I, I guess... They're all really interconnected for me. Me and all of my modes seeking happiness in all of these different ways. And King, which then like bridges a gap with polyamory. And it's, it's a tangled web. It's not, they are certainly not separate worlds. Is there anything, anything that you and your husband have struggled with so far? It's only fair to say that we're really still learning and we're only just beginning to learn. And like, like I said, Kitty likes to inflict pain. My husband does not like to receive pain. Mm -hmm. So we haven't found the solution to all of the questions yet. Like, Mm -hmm. what do we do when there's a mismatch? Like, we're poly for a reason. What do we do when he has a higher libido Mm -hmm. and is more interested in sexual relationships than I am. And part of me, like Kitty, is like, no, I don't think so. Like, how do we mitigate and balance um, and honor and respect each other's boundaries? It's funny because for me, it's like, I think polyamory will be good for us because we're married. Like, what does that mean? All of the things that I took into consideration that, that drove me to want to marry my husband. Mm-hmm. They're, like, essential to polyamory. Like, love, honor, and respect. Well, yeah, like, I want to know what you want. And I want you to have what you want. And I want to know what you're interested in. And I'm going to take an active interest in those things. Because I want you to go far down your path. Mm-hmm. Just as far as I want to go down my path. Mm-hmm. And another part of our vows was that we're in this thing called life together to make it to, to sweeten the hard times and to have and to celebrate the good together. And we blended bourbon and mead and drank that together out of a traditional quake cup. It's not always easy, but having compersion makes the world a better place to live in. Mm-hmm. When he gets excited that I have a date with my long-distance boyfriend, I have never felt so loved. 
by my husband. Yeah. Like, that is a whole new world of love languages. So it is, there's communication breakdowns. There's mistranslations from group therapy to the real world. There's stuff that gets missed Mm -hmm. and there are feelings that get hurt, but we're human. And at the end of the day, it's about building the relationships that make that okay. I love this community too. Like I, since I've met this kinky poly group of friends, I can't imagine wanting to be friends with really anybody else. And why would I, if I know these people and they know people that I don't know, and I know those people and they know people I don't know, then why would I go shopping around for friends when I can just like go hang out over there with my friend and their friends who are all fucking crazy in the same fun way? I don't know. There's a, I think it takes a special kind of person to make it work. Mm. And that kind of person is groovy. Yeah. Like, rocks my thoughts. <laughs> the poly and kink communities are actively recruiting <laughs> open minded individuals. We're, we're always recruiting. Converts. <laughs> <laughs> Put down your vanilla cones. <laughs> well, with the with the community aspect around poly and kink, uh, I'm curious what what specifically you get out of the the greater community versus just being kinky and poly personally with your husband. It was the weirdest thing. I um I got a chance to go on a trip with a bunch of these new friends and. Day two, I guess, came and went, and I realized I don't have to mask with any of these people anymore. I can be my full, total self. Mask comes off. And I have the best time of my life because I realized that they don't care. Like, they're just happy I'm there. They don't really care what I'm doing as long as everybody's happy and safe. Then I can let my freak flag fly and... I don't have to think twice about it. I don't have to. I don't have to ask if I should be wearing a bra or makeup, or um, if I should. I don't know. Have a better job and be making more money because these people see me and the things that I do, and it's take it or leave it kind of thing. Like it's just really embracing. They're not going to, I don't know, they're not going to try and change people. It's really so refreshing because mm-hmm. I did not want to change. And Nor should you. Like everywhere I went, I would see these sheeple people who were like dead except for the drumbeat of capitalism. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm glad I'm not like that. But it was lonely. And then I found all these really yeah. cool people. Who are also not sheeple. How I see it. Yeah. You found your people. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. It's been a long, strange trip. I know you're pan slash demi. Have you dated ladies, trans folks? I have never dated trans folks. I have had a couple of short-lived and casual um, relationships 
with girls. Um, I just always had a hard time communicating with girls. Why do you think you've had a hard time communicating with women? Those who identify. I think it's there's there's an idea of femininity like as a whole that I or perception I specifically have of what it means to be feminine, and I don't know if it's something that I think it's probably something like related to capitalism or advertising or. You know, the same things that, that drive girls to eating disorders and stuff. It's like this comparison of myself as not feminine enough and like not normal. Like I didn't like the things that most girls seemed to like mm-hmm. and I couldn't make myself want to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often just a feeling of like less than some inadequacy coupled with this pedestal I tend to put other women up on because I'm definitely like that cheerleader girlfriend who's like, you're amazing, let me fix your crown. So, like, I'm so lonely, but you are so magnificent. It's just, Mm. like, really hard to bridge this gap of self and other when it's so off-balance. So I've been working mostly to fill my life with things that I feel good with. Doing things, accomplishing things that I can feel proud of. So that when I do encounter the next female identifying person um, in my path, my romantic life, even if I put her up on a pedestal, I will not feel inadequate. She Like, she could be my queen, but, like, I'm not on the ground in rags. <laughs> You're not a peon. Yeah. You're groveling. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not asking for bread. I'm, you know, like at least in the court or something with the same world. So I guess in that way, I would say polyamory actually encourages me to take better care of myself, to mm-hmm. see myself in a better light. Plus, we haven't talked about my childhood as a preacher's daughter oh. and the amount of shame that came with mm-hmm. realizing I'm here, I'm Polly and into King, but none of that would ever fly. Um, there's just a lot of shame that I've had to resolve within myself and a lot of feelings of like inadequacy and also checking those like feelings of wanting to control things I can't control back to the serenity prayer and everything. It's like being honest with myself about my poly nature, which I see um, personally as an orientation. Being honest and accepting myself in that increases my integrity in the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It helps me have a better relationship with myself and the rest of the world. So whether I'm actively dating someone or my husband and I are just aware that that is an option and that we're very serious about that. Like we each have individual rights and autonomy. And I think those things keep us healthy and keep us moving in a a direction of mental well-being. So it's another vote for Kink right there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Absolutely. (laughs) It was really fun. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you. I'm so glad I got to hang out this couple of days. It's so awesome. 
Well, there you have it, babes. The tip of the iceberg into all that is Sarah. <laughs> How fascinating was that conversation, though? I've, I've never really known much about DID before, so I'm just really appreciative that Sarah was so willing to talk about their experiences with it and how it serves them. Uh, it sounds like it's both a necessity and just kind of a bonus way of living through life and being able to better acknowledge and take care of all aspects of themselves. I, I honestly think that we all have different sides to ourselves to some extent, so to me it kind of makes sense to take it further and personify them as a better means of protection and identity. Anyway, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed today's chat half as much as I did. Uh, stay tuned because next time I will be interviewing Sarah's husband and we will get to hear all about his world. I'm just really pumped to get to interview two sides of a relationship. So I think that'll be pretty fucking interesting. <laughs> but until next time, stay awesome, friends. Friends.